Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Ah, blessings, everyone. Thank you so much for joining with me. I'm sitting here looking at one of my clocks thinking, why is the face of the clock upside down? Got this weird clock, and it just turns upside down every now and then. So anyway, so good that you joined with me. We're looking at the gifts of the Spirit and how the Lord has equipped His body. And so let's look at 1 Corinthians 12. I think we're going to be able to finish this chapter, this episode perhaps. We have seen that we as true believers are one body. The Lord uses a physical body to describe us, okay? That in the same way that the human body is one body and yet has many members, the body of Christ is the same way. And so look what he says in 1 Corinthians 12, beginning with verse 27. It says, now, it's sort of a term of conclusion there. Now, you are Christ's body and individually members of it. And so the body of Christ is a whole, is an organism. And if you remember a couple of episodes back, uh, I, t- I spoke a little bit about that, uh, how we are the body of Christ. We are by definition, unified because we are his body. And the things that we do so often seeking to be unified are really sort of barking at the wrong tree. What we need to be doing is seeking to eliminate the things which cause fragmentation, Okay, eliminate the things that bring forth division and walk in the unity that uh, is us. Can I say it that way? That is the body of Christ. So anyway, he says here, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Then, verse 28, and God has appointed in the church. Now, he's about to list some things right here. And this gets sort of interesting. I'm trying to decide how to do it. We'll probably go from uh, this portion of the Scripture right here over to Ephesians 4 next because of what's said here. Then come back and pick up 1 Corinthians 13 and 14 later. Because he says this, that God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third, teachers. So you see an enumeration, right? A first, a second, a third. And this isn't so much uh, related to importance of giftedness, uh, not by any stretch of the imagination, because he has uh, spent the bulk of the chapter right here talking about how the Spirit releases himself as he desires in every individual, how we're all important. But it has to do with a sequencing of how we receive the gospel, of how we hear the good news, of what is required within the kingdom. So he says, God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues. Well, that's interesting. We've seen the tongues thing already, right? We've seen miracles. We've seen gifts of healing. We've seen prophecy, but now we see prophets. And so uh, we see that we're going to see this over in Ephesians 4 too. Quite often the people will point to these as, oh, these are uh, spiritual gifts. And some of them are, I believe, okay? But there's... Uh, these are gifted roles. Okay, we'll see it in Ephesians 4 where it says, uh, the Lord has brought forth gifted individuals. They're gifted by the power of the Holy Spirit, but they have roles and functionings. And you see some of these roles and functionings here. You see the role and function of apostle, of a prophet, and then teacher. So he says first, second, third. And then he says, then miracles. Well, that's a, a gift of the Spirit we saw earlier. 
healings, that's a gift of the Spirit we saw earlier, helps. Did you know there's a spiritual gift of helps? Okay? And you're thinking, you're probably thinking of somebody you know like that. That's really empowered by the Most High God to help people and to know what to do. Then there's a spiritual giftedness of administrations. There's giftedness of being able to administrate something, knowing how to do things, putting your hands to it. Later on, when we go to 1 Peter 4, it speaks of spiritual gifts. And it's really only a couple of verses, a very short passage. And it gives a big picture of spiritual gifts. And it shows that, that there's gifts that are speaking gifts and there's gifts that are serving gifts. And the helps and administrations are the type of things that fall under the serving type of gifts. Now, let me hasten to say, quite often people that say, well, I have a service gift, so I don't have to talk. I don't have to say anything. Nothing could be further from the truth. We're to always say to things. We're to proclaim things. Then on the other side, I know people that had tremendous gifting within speaking gifts. They had speaking gifts, but they feel like they don't have to do anything from a service point of view to help anybody or administrate or something like that. That's wrong, too. But there's giftedness for this thing. This is the reason we need one another. So let me read this verse again, and we'll continue on. You'll see how the Lord puts this together. God has appointed to the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues. Then verse 29 is a series of questions here in 29 and 30. All are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? All are not workers of miracles, are they? All do not have gifts of healings, do they? All do not speak with tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? And the unanswered answer here is no. Okay, and The way this, these questions are structured, it leads you to the understanding that, well, no, everybody doesn't have these gifts. Okay, Everybody doesn't have this gift. Everybody doesn't have that gift. So he's setting us up for a particular type of thing and to deal with what's happening in the church there and what happens with the church today. Let me read the last verse of this chapter. He says this, But earnestly desire the greater gifts, and I show you a still more excellent way. And then he moves into what we call 1 Corinthians 13, and the more excellent way is the way of love. See, this church was being distracted by the giftedness, and they weren't sure how this is supposed to function together, and some people were exalting themselves because they had a gift that uh, was, for lack of a better term, a demonstrative gift and sort of a showy gift, something that everybody would go ooh and ah over, that type of thing. And he's saying, no, 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 let me show you a more excellent way, and the more excellent way is the way of love. Now, when he's sitting there saying that all do not have this gift and all do not have this gift, that's the passage that quite often people will use to say, well, this shows us that there's nobody that has all the gifts. I, I don't want to go as far as to say that. It's a very common thing that people believe. But when I look, up, <coughs> for instance, at the Apostle Paul, you know, you can go all through Scripture and see where he functions within every one of the gifts of the Spirit. I mean, you see where he has some element of it. I think that's sort of a wrong way of viewing things. The way we need to view it is that we want to live in such a way that the Holy Spirit is free to do what He wants to do when He wants to do it. That I'm not going to quench it. I'm not going to doubt the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be open to whatever He does. I'm not going to go around bragging, oh, I got this gift and this gift and this gift. I'm not going to go around saying, well, I don't believe in this gift or I don't have this gift, so therefore I don't think that gift's uh, as important. 
all those tendencies that we have, we're not going to do that. That we're going to be open to the complete and total move of the Lord in our lives. I believe if we do that, then the Spirit is free to do what He wants to do. I want the Spirit to be free to release every form and every combination of the complete and total power of the Most High God in my life, whatever He desires. If we do that, then when He does do what He wants to do, because He's promised us that's what He's going to do, we'll be satisfied with it. Okay? We won't be jealous. We won't be envious. We will just literally bow before Him and rejoice because of what He has chosen to do within each one of us. But I think it's interesting in this last verse, he says, But earnestly desire the greater gifts, the greater gifts. In the 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians, he actually picks up and starts telling us what some of those greater gifts are. And we'll see that when we get to it, okay? Anyway, thank you so much for being with me. I'll see you again next time.